Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. <laughs> We're talking like Results Bot. Results Bot's inside our fucking minds. We have been infested by the soul of Results Bot. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why that is. That's because in our prediction league, that little fucker has had a hell of a weekend, oh, and me man. and you have had a bad weekend. Oh, what the um, I got zero points. Right. From our five predicted matches, and you got just two points, and results bot got four points. That fucker. What's he going to be like now? I already seen him in the uh, sun on Sunday, stepping out with one of those birds off of Love Island. Yeah. I saw him stumbling out of some fucking club in the Cheshire area. I was going to say, you say, you say stepping out, but it's more of a kind of a shuffle, isn't it, that he does? Yeah. Well, he sort of almost glides along on his wheels. Yeah. Um, but she was tottering next to him in her heels. I can't remember which one it is. I don't know whether it's Danny Dyer's daughter or which one. I don't I don't watch the show. But he was in the gossip pages, you know. Was he Dan Wharton's of... Gossip Bizarre Roundup. Was he swaying from side to side because he's got like a, a hinge on his on his hips, hasn't he? The yes, in... and they, they were implying... You know how they imply things in the copy? Yeah. Looking tired and emotional. Oh, yeah. With new squeeze from Love Island. And they also did that thing where they circled and he had a, a small urine stain near his crotch That'll that be was right. visible. And they'd circled it, which is cruel, <clears throat> I think, when, when uh, you know, magazines and newspapers do that sort of thing. The it's... ring of shame, I think they call it. It'll have been going hard on the WD-40, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all going to his head. And if he's had another good weekend, then it's just going to make him worse. Well, yeah, it, it's creeping up. The, the leaderboard now stands at your top on 14 points. I'm second on 13. And Results Bot is now on 10 points, creeping up behind us. And, yeah, um, so someone wants to sit him down. He's like one of these young kids in the dressing room. Yeah. His heads get big. They sign a new contract. And suddenly they've gone out and bought a Lamborghini and are giving it big style. Lime green what, Lambo. Yeah, exactly. And they they straight away it goes to their head. And someone needs to sit him down and give him a bit of a keynote. You've won nothing yet. <clears throat> yeah. Just because just because you get paid. <laughs> just because you get paid a hundred you have one good game on international weekend. You have one good weekend during the international break. Right. That and, and suddenly you think you're a fucking good you're a good robot. You're nothing. You've won nothing. You're not. You're a stupid little robot. You're a pointless little robot. Show the us your fucking medals. Up. You got nothing. You Show got us no, your belts. Nothing. You got no belts, have you? No belts, zero belts. You wanna focus more on your predictions and working at your predictions and less on going out with these silly cows in your nightclubs and your discos. You got 512 megabytes and no fucking belts. <laughs> That's what we need. We need to give him a talking to because at the end of the day, he's had the odd result. Yeah, 
Mm. You got you know one you got the Brighton result right against West Ham, and then yeah. he's done all right on international weekend. But that doesn't mean anything. So someone needs to cut him down a peg or two. Yeah, it's not going to be Has me. Has he got a mother? Has he got a mother or a father? Has he? Well, I don't know. There should be someone who's programmed him who's in charge of the admin yeah. and the IT and all that. Because usually when things are going to my head, yeah. my mum or my dad, I mean, my dad will, is very good at making me feel very small. And uh, and my mum will just say, now, come on, don't, don't act the cunt. You know. <laughs> I, really, um, um, I really liked your, your choice of phrase there. Usually when things are going to my head as though it's a regular occurrence in your life. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> When I'm, you know, being an attention-seeking baby, when I've got the old, Di- I've got the old Dick Turpin costume on. <laughs> that goes on as soon as I have any success. You know, yeah. the entire two years I edited Heat magazine, I wore my Dick Turpin um, <laughs> a costume to work every day. Quite right. And and rode in on a and an old broom, pretending it was my horse, Black Bess. <laughs> And people just thought, yeah, hey, that's the kind of, you know, wacky, creative guy he yeah. is. But really, my mum knew that's what he does. Yeah. When things are going well for him, he's straight back into the Dick Turpin costume. Ever since he was six years of age. Yeah. It's still to this day. This, this is it. it. I saw you on that. I think it was the Instagram or one of the other social medias earlier this morning. You yeah. were out and about hanging around with yeah. some deer in a park. That's right. I've been out running about- in Richmond Park. Right. And there's, there was some deer there. And um, anyway, I wasn't expecting them. I should have been because I know the park. I hadn't been there in a while, but I know there's deers there. Anyway, I found myself running through deer country. Um, <laughs> like David Attenborough. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast featuring Elvis Costello talking oh. about his life as a songwriter. Nice. Next thing I know, it's a fucking Bambi stood in front of me. Well, I jumped out of my skin. Uh, I'm not, you know, I mean... I'm an urban. I'm an urbanite, and seeing animals in the wild is scary to me. I mean, I don't mind seeing a cat, but even yeah. a cat, if it creeps up on you, can be like a bit shocking. Anyway, there's a fucking deer. I've shat myself a little bit. Then I calmed myself down, and I thought I'll take a photo. So that's how you've seen it. So I thought, you know, end of the day, a majestic animal, a majestic beast. Mm. So I took a photo of it, and uh, then the next thing I know, um, I thought I'll take a selfie with try and, try and get some deer in the background to prove to people, to prove to my mum <clears throat> yeah. that, look, mummy, I'm out and I'm near the deers and I'm, I'm with not the scared. the big animals, yeah. And there's I'm no fences scared. or cages, yeah. Yeah. And I was about to uh, take that picture and suddenly over my shoulder, almost camouflaged, it blend in. Fucking gigantic stag. Fuck. Massive. Uh, I mean, I'm not joking, a beast. I put the picture, I think it's on Twitter if anyone wants to see it. I'm not bullshitting. It was massive, right? You don't get fucking stags like that up in Sunderland, mate. No, I mean you, don't. you get other thing. I've heard you've had you've got really big squirrels that are the size of te- uh, no seagulls the size of pterodactyls. Yeah, we I'll do, give you yeah. that. Yeah, but you don't have stags anyway. It was fucking grumpy, and I knew if I hang around a second longer, it's going to go it's for come me. After I can you. tell. So I took off, but it reminded me <laughs> of that stag man. That would present itself to Robin of Sherwood in the programme <laughs> Robin of Sherwood in the 80s with Michael Pratt. Yeah. That was a weird rendition of um, of Robin Hood, wasn't it? Yeah. I used to love it. And they had, was it uh, Clanad did the theme tune? They did. Robin yeah. the Hooded Man. The Hooded Man. And I used to fucking adore this programme, right? Because in my affections, Robin Hood was only second to Dick Turpin. Yeah. Right? 
in terms of fictional kind of you know heroes who fucking I hung think, around in I woods. I think the Robin Hood series came on the back of the success of Dick Turpin. They uh, yeah, you're we've got a right. formula here, old-fashioned story. Um, Before all of, of those, action. of course, you had Ivanhoe, yeah. which I think had. One of, was that James? Was that Roger Moore or Sean Connery? I can't remember. I don't which. know. That was before anyway, my that time. That was a bit. That was a bit before our time. Then you had Dick Turpin, which was very much of our time. Yeah. And then Robin and Sherwood came along. But you're right; they're all part of the same family of programs. And anyway, it was fucking brilliant. I thought. But then years later, I thought I'll give it another go. Yeah. So I got it on DVD, and it's fucking madness. It's nonsense. I mean. Really? The classic, the classic Robin Hood is the one with the fox, the Disney one. To yeah. me, that's the best yeah. st- telling of the story. This one, it's like all mystical and magical. I mean, there is nothing in the original myth of Robin Hood where a geezer with a big stag's head just keeps appearing <laughs> like a ghost in the woods and telling Robin Hood what to do. Robin Hood wasn't guided by a ghost man stag. He was guided by his own socialist conscience, wasn't yeah. he? That's what I like to think. That's probably, because um, it was early 80s, there's probably some kind of Thatcherite message they've put in because yeah. they, they didn't want to sort of align themselves with Michael Foote. And, you fucking and, got it, mate. And, 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 you know, broadcast a socialist message. So the fucking Tories that were running ITV at the time... Fucking said, Tebbit's got involved, doesn't man, he? Yeah, Norman Tebbit made a phone call and said, get some kind of fucking stag man in there, giving him that advice. That stag man represents Margaret Thatcher, the mm, free market. The def- the death of society mm. and the cult of the individual. Yeah. Let's not make it that he's stealing from the rich to give to the poor. Let's make it that he's on the make. And also, if you look at Michael Prey, very Thatcherite kind of a Robin Hood. Yeah, yuppie Robin Hood, wasn't he? Yuppie fucking Robin Hood, exactly. And he was there just getting the money to fucking do up his um, treehouse. <laughs> he wanted to make his treehouse like a, an 80s yuppie pad. Like yeah. that geezer in the Halifax advert. Easy like Sunday morning. Fuck. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do, unfortunately. He, he was the biggest cunt of them all, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. So- fucking smug fucker sitting around in his exposed brick fucking apartment with his cat going out to buy the fucking... Going out to his cash point, which anyone who could go to a cash point in those days, you're, fuck me, who's yeah. he think he is? He's got and, at least uh, a fiver then, cunt. Yes, exactly. Getting money out of the wall. Like you think you're Donald Trump, and uh, yeah. Anyway, he's there. Are a lot of similarities between him and Prade's um, Robin Hood. Do you know who? But anyway, the, can I just say? Do you know who the first ever user of a cash point in the UK was? No. The first person to ever use a cash point. Really? Is this true? Was this no. is true? Who? Was Reg Varney from On the Buses? <laughs> who played Stan? No way. It's true. It, How pic- come he got pic- to do it? Pictures because he opened the first one. It was about 1969 or something like that. It was a Barclays one, and there was a, a ceremonial presentation opening, and he sort of you know cut the cut the ribbon as it were on the first yeah. ever cash point, and stuck the card in, put his pin number in, got the first ever fiver out. Fucking Stand from hell. on the buses. And the fiver was the size of a fucking it was A3. <laughs> yeah. It was A3 sized fiver. Yeah, it's handwritten. But- yeah, it was a a and there was a sketch of the Queen's face drawn by the Queen herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you imagine them in uh, Barclays marketing department in the sixties? Now, now look here, we're doing a new launch of something called an automatic <laughs> machi- money machine, uh, and we need to do some sort of publicity around it. Who do you think may be the right character to represent Barclays brand values? Well, Someone- we could get 
Sean Connery, perhaps? James Bond? Yes. yes, yes aspirational? <laughs> yes, he'd be perfect. Or Roger Moore, the saint. Uh, aspirational. Maybe Someone bo- who really represents aspiration, maybe, wealth, maybe, innovation and technology. Maybe the England captain, Bobby Moore. Fine, upstanding <laughs> citizen. Well, unfortunately, we've checked all of their availability and they're busy on the particular day. Uh, however, the good news is we have managed to secure the services of a Mr. Reg Varney from a television <laughs> comedy programme by the name of On the Buses. I've never fucking heard of it. Well, uh, apparently it's extremely popular. We believe it will appeal to uh, many of our customers because it is both racist and sexist. <laughs> and oh, th- perfect. <laughs> Just like James Bond. In a way, yes, he's very much like a James Bond, but better, because he's got a bus of his own. (laughs) A James Bond of the people. (laughs) He was really Stan, wasn't he? He was very much the James Bond of the masses. James Bond of the people, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I tell you what, I've got more respect for him than I have for Michael Michael Prade's Robin Hood. Yeah, of course. And of course, then he died, and and you remember who took over from Prade? Did Prade die? Not in, not the actor. Did he die on, Robin, on Robin Hood? Yeah, he died on Robin Hood. Well, does that? And, uh, who took over as uh, what? Jason Connery took over. didn't Jason he? Jason Connery was not supposed to be the same geezer. He was supposed to be Robin Hood's cousin or something what? who came in and took over the role of Robin Hood. What? He started communicating with the Stag Man. I don't know why, but the Stag Man. It was much like Yaffle showing himself to Roy Keane. Yeah, it was the same thing. It was like he would go into the woods and he would say. Stagman, show yourself, you cunt. <laughs> and then he, he walked out and presented himself. He said, Prade is dead. You, Connery, will take his place. As his cousin. Yeah. That's and shit. You, you will be the new alpha yuppie of the of Sherwood Forest. You are, with your are, well-appointed treehouse. We have done our market research and have found you to be more shaggable than Prade. <laughs> but... So it didn't actually, it wasn't Robin Hood. Jason Connery wasn't Robin Hood. No, he was someone else. He was but they another... were still calling it Robin of Sherwood. Yeah, he was, yeah, because he, he was, I remember his name, was. his character was supposed to be like Robert. Ah. And they said, well, we're just going to call you Robin. Call you and Rob. here's the worst, here's the worst bit of it. <laughs> Guess what? Not only did he start communicating with the stag man, fucking moved straight in on Marion, hasn't he? His oh, right. Cu- his own dead cousin's bird. Yeah, at the funeral. Again, quite Thatcherite. You know, yeah. go for it, mate. Do what do what's right for you. Don't worry about any other cunt. Trample over the other fuckers. Fucking hell! I've got a great story about someone putting the moves on a widow at a funeral, but I'm not allowed to tell it. Ah, oh, bloody hell! <laughs> we really should do not a podcast. To tell it. Yeah, we should do a podcast about yeah, just we'll do- putting the moves on widows. <laughs> <laughs> We'll do it behind a pier wall. That'll make it legal. <laughs> oh, should we get back to the footballing? Because this is yeah. supposed to be a football podcast, isn't it? Yeah. We've killed about twelve minutes, which means that we haven't got time to talk about Croatia versus England. Thank fuck, because I didn't watch it. Did you? Um, we we might be in danger of having our license revoked by the International Football Podcast Federation. Because no, I didn't watch it. Well, I, I kind of watched it. I, I, I had the iPad on in the corner yeah. of the room while me and my boy were playing FIFA, which was much yeah, more exciting. That's, that's as good as watching it. Sometimes I can watch a game without actually seeing it at all yeah. because you instinctively know yeah. what's going on, yeah. don't you? I mean, yeah. I know what happened. I know that Rashford had a bad game, missed a couple of good cha- guilt-edged yeah. chances, 
And I know that, um, go, uh, who's the lad, one of the new lads, Sancho or Sancho Sa- Panza. Sancho Panza. Sa- San- Sancho Panza. Yeah. The revolutionary Sancho Panza came on and played quite well for 20 minutes. So I know all the pertinent details. Yeah. I didn't need to actually waste my time sitting there watching it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, there was no reason for me to look across at the iPad while I was playing FIFA because mm. the FIFA game we played was more exciting. And they had I was a, watching. Had a crowd. Do you know what I was watching? What? Kong Skull Island well, with my son. Wow, well, fucking hell. I wish I'd seen it at the cinema. It's spectacular. Is it? Yeah, everyone said it was shit. But right. I watched the first half hour and I thought I'd have loved to see this on the big screen. Yeah. Because it's, it's fucking sensational. I mean, he's off his rocker. Nice Con. one. I'm going mm. to see Johnny English tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, that's in great. The cinema. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, I'm going to take the kids at the weekend. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll report back on that later in the week. So, um, Fucking good. Uh, so it's a good franchise, isn't it, Johnny English? It, Both it, the other it, films were funny. It does the job. It's better than yeah. any James Bond film I've ever seen. Fucking right. I've just got a fucking inbuilt hatred of James Bond. Well, he's a silly cunt, isn't he? Yeah. I've always said about James Bond... Why would you admire him? If you met James Bond in real life, you would think he was the biggest cunt you've ever met. Yeah. If you're down, let's say, Weatherspoons, yeah. fucking geezer walks in in Bond. a suit. Yeah. yeah. Just say you didn't know he was James Bond. He was just some bloke yeah. with with his hair all combed neat, like yeah. a twat. Suit, cufflinks the lot, straight away, before he's even opened his god, you're thinking, his gob, you're thinking, who is this fucking overblown punts? Immediately then at it, the place in the Sunland Weatherspoons. He's fucking walked up and gone... But it wouldn't bother Bond, you know, because he do, he he wouldn't think I'm in Sunderland. I'll dress down. Yeah, he he's walked I'll wear in. a vest and some yeah. tracky bottoms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's walked in uh, and he's just gone a martini. <laughs> fucking. And God. not only that, he's specified how he wants it made. Yeah, as if it's any of his fucking business. Yeah, shaken, not stirred. You would turn around and go, "Who the fuck do you think you are?" And then he started trying to chat up. The barmaid with a load of the most fucking corny, embarrassing, sort of sexist, like yeah. weird bullshit you've ever heard. You'd think, mate, in fact, you know what? You wouldn't even get angry or aggressive. You'd pity him because you'd think he's obviously a bit, I mean, you know, backward. Yeah. I know that's not politically correct, but. He'd probably say something like, so, and, and, and what's your name? Pussy Galore, I assume, or something like that. And she'd be like, no, it's Jid. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? What's a fucking martini? I've yeah. got a breezer. Is that all right? I do. You're a blue WKD. If you want yeah. one of them. But if I shake yeah, it, if I shake it, it'll fizz over. Yeah. You sure go what? down. Go go down your suit. You show you go down that. your suit. It's a it's a nice suit, like you don't want to ruin it. Hey, just what are you doing? Are you get are you getting married? <laughs> <laughs> Did you put the moves on a widow at a funeral? <laughs> the way he would though, wouldn't he? Of course Bond. he would. Oh, he'd be the fucking prime candidate for that sort of yeah. shitty trick. Fucker. Jalapeño. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? 
Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Jalapeño. What have we got on the agenda today? Well, uh, Anortovic, uh, one of my points was scored with uh, Austria beating Northern Ireland. And if you look back on my comments on Friday, I mm-hmm. said that I thought Austria would win. And I worked out that Anortovic uh, and Anortovic would be up against Johnny Evans. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I worked all of that out in my head. And Very that's good. why I predicted the win. So yep. it was proper analysis, right? And then sure enough, he fucking... I mean, he should apparently should have had a hat-trick. He gave Johnny Evans, um, just as I had foreseen, just like I foresaw 9-11, right? <laughs> he is he has given Johnny Evans the runaround, if you read the reports. And then when he got his goal, he went over to Johnny Evans, squared up, got right in his grill, <laughs> beat his chest, right? Seriously. Like Beat Kong. his chest, that like Kong, Skull Island, right? Then... He fucking took his arm, his captain's armband off and sort of waved it about at Johnny Evans. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Why? And then afterwards they asked him, and he went, it's no problem, it's just emotions in a game. I play against Johnny Evans many times. <laughs> he expects this from me. He yeah. enjoys it, I believe. He like he like it. <laughs> <laughs> really weird. Brilliant. And you predict a 2-0 for that, unfortunately, but results yeah. went for the, the correct 1-0. Did he? But I still got a point. Um, another prediction that we made was between Netherlands and Germany, mm. um, where we thought there might be a reprisal of the spitting incident from 1990, yep. uh, Frank Rijkaard on Rudy Voller. Now, that didn't happen in that match, but it did happen in the uh, under-20 equivalent, mm. also played over the weekend. Dutch under-20 defender Jordan Tees has been suspended indefinitely by the Dutch FA because he spat at the Germany captain Salah Ozkan on Friday afternoon when they played. So, so we, it was, we get one point for that, and not the yeah. full three. A reenactment of um, of Rijkaard on Fuller. Yeah. And I believe the uh, the Dutch are doing a lot of work now, bringing through the young gobbers. Mm. Uh, they've got an academy going. The difference between the Dutch and, and the English game, despite the fact we've got St George's now, is that they've got kids gobbing. Um, in their academies, literally from the age of, well, as soon as they can more or less produce saliva. Yeah. You know, and so by the time they get to like youth level, let's say under 16s, they've yeah. been gobbing most of their lives. Well, this is it. When, they, when, they, when they're babies and they projectile vomit, they praise mm. them, which is yes. not something that we normally do with babies here. No, we tell them off. Yeah. I used to shout my head off in my baby's faces <laughs> if they were ever sick. And that, in the end, is what I believe stopped them from vomiting constantly. Yeah. Whereas over in Germany, sorry, over in Holland, uh, you know, they'll give them a lollipop. Yes. When they project well, well done. Yeah. So I got my Dutch accent. Yes. Yeah, very good. Very good. So I can't do it. You're better at a Dutch. It's very good spewing you've done there. Have a lollipop. <laughs> Whereas I would be. Full Roy Keane. Yeah. At the at my babies. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Look at yourself. Look at yourself. It's fucking embarrassing. Start down your front. 
It's all down your front. You made a mess of yourself. What are you doing? <laughs> Wait, it's, it's pathetic. You're like a fucking baby. And I'd be doing that literally <laughs> in the hospital when they were a day old. Get day yourself off and run yourself a bath. <laughs> you little bastard. Now you're shaking your nappy again. You're fucking pathetic, you disgrace. <laughs> you're like an old man. <laughs> Sticking with Arnautovic and West Ham, you seem to have um, an impressive selection of uh, oddballs and dodgepots in your squad mm. at the minute. Yeah. Because here's a story from a few days ago, which we missed in the last episode. Yarmolenko mm. has offered out a pundit for a fight who's been criticising his performances recently. Yeah, um, I heard about this. It's a Ukrainian pundit, mm. Vladimir Kobolkov, who's been dismissive <laughs> of Yarmolenko's form. Um, but Yarmolenko came back at him and said, nah, I don't know if I can do a Ukrainian accent here, like, but... Uh, Just do Russian. In my Same youth, thing. I fought a lot. There was wins and there was losses. It is normal for a boy, for a man. I want to announce my next fight. I don't want to listen to that Kobolkov any longer. I want to call him out for a fight and get my revenge on all those things he said on air. Oh. I'm waiting for an answer. Oh. oh. Get in there. Fucking hell. I d- I d- I've never heard of a um, player offering out a pundit before and in a way it's surprising it doesn't happen more often it like, should happen more often imagine imagine if like after our podcast went out there was a television program where other retired podcasters yeah right <laughs> sat around and and forensically dissected our performances yeah and were really like almost thought to themselves that the ruder they are about us, the sort of more attention they get and the more respect they get, which is true. I mean, Hanson, you know, was was always regarded as a as the top pundit for many years because he was the rudest pundit. And yeah. it's the same in reality shows. You know, Simon Cow, um, the the silly cunt off of Strictly. It's always the rudest pundit who's regarded as the best the, pundit. The pantomime buddy. Yeah. And if it was me and you and there was some retired podcasters going... Yeah. No, you know, for me, like the Ukrainian accent, it was diabolical. Uh, you know, these are the basics. Yeah, these no. are the basics. Yeah, got the two two lads there. They're doing they're doing what they describe as a football podcast, but they spent the first twelve minutes talking about nineteen eighty Saturday tea time TV. You know, they've gone on about Robin of Sherwood and the Stagman, and I want to know more about Austria versus Northern Ireland, and you know. If, yeah, Ireland, Denmark, that kind of thing. Where's the analysis? Where's the yeah. tactical analysis? I don't want to know about the stag, man. And uh, we would be straight away, fair enough, everyone's got their opinion, but we want to fight you now. We would get together and put out a bonus episode in which we would yeah. lay down a challenge, yeah. basically. trash talk. Trash We're talk, We're doing yeah. an episode devoted to trash talking our critics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if anyone does want to criticise us on Twitter, we are at TF Time Machine, and we will yeah. read out your Give comments, us. and and then we will, and then we will offer to fight you. We will flail you verbally with our words. Mm. That'll yeah. be a nice new feature. Um, I've got a little quiz for you, Sam. If you want to do it, yeah. When I was um, on the tactics board recently, looking at the Nigerian Super League, oh, I yeah. was quite taken by some of the team names, so I thought I'd do a little quiz. Nigeria teams, true or false? 
Oh, great. Just got half a dozen for you. See what you think. If these are real or if I've made them up. Mm. First one, Oasis Football Club. <laughs> true. Oh, it is true. Well done. Second one, Bunker Boys FC. Bunker Boys? Bunker Boys. Not Spider Hole, but a bunker. False. Quite similar. False. false. Oh, it is false. Bastard. Bridge Boys FC. Bridge Boys FC. Bridge Boys. True. Oh, it is three out of three. Aye. Invincible Spiders FC. <laughs> False. Oh, four out of four. Fuck. Mm-hmm. FC World in Action. <laughs> False. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> false as well. Uh-huh. Last one, Jasper United. Jasper? Jasper. True. Oh, fuck I got them all right. Six, six out of six. six. Oh, have that fucking results, but. And that I'd like gets to see you, results, but do that. That six out of six gets you through to the bonus round. One more. Winner takes all. Shit okay. or bust. FC Gripper Stebson. <laughs> false. Oh, it is false. Well done. <laughs> That'd be a great name for a uh, five-a-side team, though. FC Gripper Stebson. Yeah. Any Gripper Stebson reference is a good reference for me. Yeah. I um, remember him. I remember him saying... He got one of the other kids, I can't remember who, Samo or someone. He went, if you don't give me my money by Friday, <laughs> you're dead meat. Do you get it? Dead meat. M-E-E-T. Meat. <laughs> I remember finding that really funny. Didn't he have a part-time job riding a butcher's bicycle as well? Yes. Yes. He did. Yes. Just so the, like, meat um, thing, the meat theme. Just like Granville in Open All Hours. Good, Granville, yeah. Yeah. This is it. I think it might be time for you to tell the nunnery story, Sam. Oh, yeah. so We might have um, run short of material to the extent where now is the well, time. I'll give you a choice. It's either the nunnery story or the time I shat myself at school. Um, uh, we, we could put this to public vote. I've, I've, published a sto- I've published a written story of me shitting myself with the, the, the famed curried mince incident of 1989. Yeah. But I tell you what I'll do. I point people in the direction they can read about that, and if they want to ask questions because there are much more details to be had, right. then they can, and I will answer them on the next podcast. But for now, the the nunnery story just came up in conversation the other day. It's an old one, but it came up in conversation because we happened <laughs> to drive past the nunnery, and we were sharing memories of my brother Cass. Now, my brother Cass has made appearances on this podcast before, mainly for trying to fight um, f- professional footballers at QPR. Yeah. He's been a season ticket holder in the posh bit at QPR for like over a decade. Ooh. How he has not received a life ban, I don't know. <laughs> because he, oh, it's a true story actually. I mean, you know, he's not he's not posh, but he and he's been going to QPR since he was a you know kid and used to stand on the terraces and do all the rest of it. And then when he got a bit older and he started earning a few quid, he got this posh seat. And then when they got relegated. And he, um, and he, you know, and he couldn't afford the same price every year. They just kept saying to him because I think that he likes to drink and he likes to socialise. Yeah, and they they started to go, it's fine, and they just like let let him stay for like whatever he could afford. They're not making the money off the seat; they're making the money off his off his drinking habit. I think habit. so. Yeah, I think so. And then, and the, but then he kept doing things. Well, everyone liked him, but then you know he offered to fight John Terry. Then he tried to start on John Gregory, and so obviously you know he can be volatile. Anyway, this particular day, his company they'd gone out for a works do, 
at a restaurant which is right near the Thames up in Fulham. Fulham way. And they've had a right good lunch, pissing it up, right? Yeah. Loads of wine and all the rest of it. And at the end, because he lives in West London, but he lives in Chiswick, but you can get all the way from Fulham to Chiswick with a walk. And it's actually a particularly nice walk if anyone ever finds themselves in London because it's like a great pub crawl walk as well. Are, with there, any, of... are there any stags? There's no stags. Sorry, You'll see lots of um, river creatures. <laughs> <laughs> What's that I mean? Birds, fish, eels. No, you won't see it, fish. You'll see like seabirds. I don't okay. fucking know what they are, but you see creatures. Anyway, he thought, fuck, he was pissed up and he thought, I'm going to fucking walk it back. It's a great walk. There's loads of good pubs. There's famous historical pubs, including the Dove, one of the oldest pubs in London where Land of Hope and Glory was written. All right. Anyway, he's walking along and he decides to, he's like, I'm going to have a fucking, you know, personal little pub crawl, solo pub crawl. Already pissed up. He decides he's to go He's already pissed crawl. on wine. Nice. And he stopped. And it's a long walk. You know, it's like hour walk at least, probably more. Even without stops, so he stopped at a few pubs. Probably stopped at the Dove, had a had a jar. He's had a jar in three or four pubs along the way. <laughs> and the last stretch, you have to turn off the river and walk along like the A4 motorway a little bit. And he's he's stumbling along. He's fucking. He's really pissed by now, and um, he needs a piss super bad. Yeah, right, really bad. And it, it's about another. 10 15 minutes to his house but he's calculated he cannot wait that long yeah and because he's now off the river there's nowhere to sort of it's too public there's nowhere for him to piss can't just piss into the river so he's thinking oh what am i gonna do what am i gonna do and then he he happens to see the nunnery where my grandmother lived out her dying days right uh marjorie delaney yeah right and he's seen it and he's like, oh, uh, uh, that fucking nun. It was, it's, you know, it's a, it's a care home, but it's run by nuns. He's like, oh, look, I'll fuck it. So he thought, I'll have a piss in there. Did he think that there was some kind of connection because of Marjorie, that they would just kind Correct. of allow him back in? That's precisely what he yeah. thought. He knocked on the door, and it's a bit <laughs> Hogwartsy, right? This place has got a big old wooden door. It's really old-fashioned, so it looks quite sinister, like something from a horror film. Right. Knock, 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 knock. Fucking proper old Irish nun opens a hatch in the door. Hello, how can I help? Hello, I am the grandson of Marjorie Delaney, one of your former um uh, in inmates, right? And she's gone. Oh yes, Marjorie, of course, of course, of course. And I think she, for a moment, thought, "Does he know she's dead? Is she here to? Is he here to visit her?" And no one told him she died two years ago. And she goes, oh, yes, Marjorie's lovely. She passed away, of course. And he goes, yes, I know that. I was just <laughs> That's wondering. Not important. He, he goes, I, I was just wondering if I could come in because it, it means so much to me. I used to visit her here all the time. Side, side note, no, he didn't. He visited sometimes, but not often. Considering he was the one who lived closest to the care home, you thought he would have been there more. Anyway. I, it was such special memories, and I was just wondering if I could go have a walk around the place just to think of her and honour her memory again. <laughs> and they've gone, oh, of course, that's lovely. Come on in. That's no problem at all. So they've opened up, <laughs> and in he's come. He's stumbled in, and he, he's gone, oh, yeah. And they said, would you like to look at Marjorie's room, would you? And he goes, yes, that would be lovely. Um, 
oh, just one thing. Do you have a lavatory here that I could use? Like, why didn't he just ask that in the first place? They go, oh, yes, of course, it's just down the hallway there. He goes, thank you very much. So he goes off to, he has a piss, one of those massive, like, brilliant pisses. Yeah. So much relief. So relieving, yeah. So he's in there for quite a while. He comes out and he can't find the nun, right? He says, oh, (laughs) where's she gone? Oh, well. So he wanders, he stumbles about, gets a bit lost. And then he sees the little chapel. They've got a delightful little chapel. I mean, me, I don't like chapels or churches. I find them fucking sinister when they're empty, especially. They're eerie. I get scared. Oh. He's looked in there all pissed at. He's going, oh, it's lovely and beautiful. It's so peaceful. It's so peaceful. That's just all I want in my life is a bit of peace. <laughs> a bit maybe, maybe God will present himself to me and show me a sign. Or the stag so anyway, <laughs> He's gone in. He stumbled into the little chapel. This is about four o'clock in the afternoon by this stage, right? And he thought, I'll have a little fucking look in here. Yeah. So he's gone in and he's sat down on one of the benches thinking, yeah, quite nice. <laughs> and then next thing you know, right, basically he's fallen asleep. Obviously. <laughs> and he's fallen asleep in this chapel, lying down on one of the benches for fucking ages. Yeah. And because he's lied down, he's made himself comfy. The nuns have lost track of him. Yeah. And they've forgot, and no one knows there. And until they're alerted by this loud snoring, right? <laughs> and he's asleep in the nunnery, and they come, and there's about four nuns all crowded round him, trying to wake him up, because we can't leave this big fucking snoring, pissed bloke in our, in our <laughs> chapel, right? And they're shaking him, shaking him, won't wake up. And they're going, wake up, Mr. Delaney, Mr. Delaney, wake up, wake up. Suddenly he's woken up, right? He's so pissed. Obviously, he's forgotten where he is, what he's doing there. It's two hours later, and all he can see is this celestial light and four fucking nuns all staring at his face. And he's woken up going, ah, and sat bolt upright. And they've all jumped back and going, oh, Mr. Delaney, calm down, calm down. It's okay. You're here in, the, in Marjorie's home. Like that, which has made him think even more that he's dead and in heaven. When they go, you're here in Marjorie's home. He's like, fucking hell. I've died. I've got so pissed. I've finally dropped dead and I'm here. And it turns out heaven is marshaled by nuns. <laughs> and he's had a panic attack. They had to calm him right down, explain to him what he'd done. And then uh, that was it. He went on his merry way. And the funny thing was, he was only 10 minutes around the corner from his house. He gets home and his wife goes, where have you been? You texted me about two and a half hours ago saying you were around the corner. <laughs> He said, I went into that fucking old people's home and fell asleep in the church. The nuns had to wake me up. And the funny thing was, she said, he said, don't tell Sam. Ah, and of course, the first thing she she did was... She she texted me, God bless her, my sister-in-law knew that this was valuable information. And she texted me immediately and said, I've got a special story to tell you about Casper and some nuns. Dynamite. (laughs) This is it. Let's end this episode with a little bit of news without news. Okay. Uh, three stories for you. Tell me if you click on them. Mark them out of ten. Lion-faced man transformed as surgeons rebuilt his face in life-changing operation. Nine. Nine. You, could, want you want to see the lion You face. want to see the lion face, yeah. don't you, as well? And anything yeah. to do with life-changing operations is good. Uh, second one. Man tasered by police for refusing to stop having sex with car exhaust. 
Nine. Nine again. <laughs> Strong week this one. Why don't they fucking leave him alone? Exactly. He's not hurting you know anyone, mean? is he? Stop it. No, fuck off. Mind your own business. Stop it or we'll fucking tase you. Fuck no. off. I'll be, <laughs> I'll, I'll be done in three minutes. Max. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. None of their fucking business. This will have banged this closer. If it was his car as well. Yeah, exactly. Final one. One-legged ghost child spotted hopping at side of road, screaming two words over and over again. Ghost child. Ghost child. Ten. Ten! There yeah. it is. That's 28 out of 30. Uh, just for future reference, another one, to, another story that I've just remembered, I'm not going to tell now. All right. But I might have told it before. Have I told you the story of when I went to Britain's most haunted place? Um, I don't in, believe you have. Okay. Well, it's in the Yorkshire town of Pontefract. Right. And um, I went to a haunted house, which is world famous. Right. And it turns out the whole town is haunted. (laughs) And there are ghosts all over the place, right? Now, I didn't see any of the ghosts, but I was there. I was working. And I had a lot of interaction with people who live in Pontefract about their ghost problem. Okay. And it is one of Britain's great untold stories. And in fact, if there's anyone listening who is either from Pontefract or knows the area, they will get in touch and let us know that there is the place, according to the locals, and I mean all locals, any cunt you talk to, yeah. from the moment you get up the train, according to them, the place is fucking crawling with ghosts <laughs> and the ghosts are up to all sorts of hilarious shenanigans, which I will tell you about on a future podcast. Pontefract, haunt it the fuck. Yeah, it really is. That's what it says on the sign when you come in. <laughs> Twinned right. with Transylvania. <laughs> we'll we'll bank that one along with the, the you shitting yourself at school story as well mm. for future episodes. That's it from this episode of Top Flight Time Machine. We'll be back on Wednesday with part two of our deep dive into Roy Kane's book, The Second Coming, or Show probably, Yourself Your Cunt, uh, something like that. Probably, that's what it's called. And then we'll be back with another uh, look ahead on Friday. Thanks for listening as ever. You've been delightful. I've been Andy Dawson. He's been Sam Delaney. Goodbye. Watch out. Watch out for the ghosts (laughs) and the stags. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.